Welcome to another episode of France Ward's podcast series, Shoveling Smoke. I'm Mike Smith, a partner at France Ward and your host for today's podcast. As we all know, there have been some significant efforts by the federal government to help businesses through the financial hardships presented by the COVID pandemic. Perhaps most important is the Paycheck Protection Program. Today, we're shoveling away some smoke to get some clarity on the new rules and regulations of the 2021 version of the PPP, and to give you some ideas as to how your company's participation might help your bottom line. Here today to provide that clarity and give us some much needed insight is my partner, Melissa Jones. Melissa focuses her legal practice in multiple disciplines of creditors' rights, including commercial credit management and enforcement remedies. She provides comprehensive representation of businesses nationwide in all phases of multifaceted recovery claims. Melissa is also highly skilled in lien management and foreclosure within the construction industry. Melissa also spends a good deal of her time with family and in her community of Hudson, Ohio. She has three school-aged children actively involved in various music programs, and Melissa herself is chair of the Hudson High School Music Association. She was also recently appointed as a member of the City of Hudson's Planning Commission. And when she gets some free time, Melissa tries to get out riding on one of her three horses. Hey, Melissa. Hello, how are you today? Good, congrats on the Planning Commission appointment. I assume that'll be a new adventure for you. It will. Uh, I've been a resident of Hudson for over 18 years, and I'm honored to be a part of the Planning Commission and be involved in the growth and the development process of the city. It'll be a, a wonderful opportunity. Uh, it's great to hear. Uh, Hudson's a great community. So let's turn to the PPP. And before we talk about 2021 and the changes, can you highlight for us briefly what the first uh, Paycheck Protection Program accomplished? Uh, certainly. The first round of the PPP supported the employment of over 51 million American workers and over 80% of the small business payroll all across uh, all 50 states and territories. More than 80% of the loans have been for $150,000 or less, with an average loan size of about $101,000, which demonstrates that the PPP has uh, been successful in reaching even the smallest businesses. And interestingly enough, more than 70% of the PPP loans have been made to businesses with fewer than 10 employees. So it seems like Congress finally got something to work right in targeting the small businesses, huh? That's great. They did, not with a lot of confusion and continuing developments, but it has been a successful program. So for 2021, how much money is the federal government making available? Uh, well, in December of 2020, uh, Congress and the government passed the Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplement Appropriations Act of 2021, a very long mouthful, but that includes the Economic Aid Act, which provides an additional $284 billion in additional PPP funds. It's available to both first and second time PPP borrowers, uh, which is a shot in the arm to small businesses who have already borrowed and exhausted their first round of PPP funds. They now have the opportunity to borrow additional funds. So how can you outline for us how all this is going to work? You know, who's eligible? Is it different than the first time around? How do they apply? Certainly. Uh, well, we can break it down into whether the borrower is a first-time borrower, meaning they did not receive previous PPP funds, or a second-time borrower. 
Uh, as for first-time borrowers who can apply, it's eligible small entities, and those are defined by the SBA. Um, there is a size limitation. The entities with their affiliates must have 500 or fewer employees, nonprofits, veteran or veterans organizations, tribal concerns, and self-employed individuals, including sole proprietorships and independent contractors, are included in entities that are eligible to receive PPP funds. However, entities with more than 500 employees in certain industries that are defined by the SBA may also be eligible. It really just depends on uh, what type of business that uh, the small business concern is actually running. And are there permissible uses for the draw funds or limitations? Uh, there are. So like the first round, the first draw PPP loans can be used to help fund payroll costs, including benefits. They can help pay for mortgage interest, rent, utilities. But unlike the first round, the second round of funds can also be used to fund worker protection costs related to COVID-19, you know, PPP, PPE equipment, There's a lot of P's going around here. We have PPPs and PPEs, um, uninsured property damage costs caused by looting or vandalism in 2020, and also certain supplier costs and expenses for the small businesses operations. So you've talked a little bit about what the uh, permissible uses are for the first draw funds. What about uh, forgiveness of the first draw loans? The first draw PPP loans made to eligible borrowers qualify for full loan forgiveness if during the 8 to 24 week covered period following the loan disbursement, the employee and compensation levels are maintained. The loan proceeds are spent on payroll costs and other eligible expenses, and at least 60% of the proceeds are spent on payroll costs. And that's very similar to the first, the first round of the PPP under the CARES Act. And are the second draw borrowers subject to those same conditions? Yes, they are generally subject to the same terms and conditions as the first draws. Second draw funds are available to eligible businesses, nonprofits, housing cooperatives, news organizations, 50C6 organizations. Um, so it expands a little bit on uh, the list of borrowers who are eligible for the first round. The second draw borrowers include nonprofits, housing cooperatives, news organizations, 501c6 organizations, sole proprietors, self-employed workers, and independent contractors, um, similar to the first round. Do the second draw borrower requirements differ than the first draw requirements? They do, in that the second draw borrowers must have 3,300 employees or fewer per location. The borrower has used or will use the full amount of its first PPP loan, and the borrower demonstrates at least 25% reduction in the gross receipts in the first, second, or third quarter of 2020 when compared to the same corresponding 2019 quarter. And are there limits on how much the second draw can be? Yes, the second draw loan cannot be greater than $2 million, and second draw borrowers may receive one PPP second draw loan not to exceed 2.5 times their average monthly payroll costs in the one year prior to the loan or the prior calendar year. However, what's interesting is food service and accommodation industry borrows, hotels, restaurants, any businesses that are classified uh, with the NAICS number beginning with 72, those are eligible for loans for up to 3.5 times their average monthly payroll. And what are some of the features of the second draw loan application? It's generally similar to the first draw loan application. You generally have to provide the same documentation that was provided 
Previously, however, no additional documents are required to substantiate payroll costs if the applicant used calendar year 2019 figures to determine its first draw PPP loan amount, if the borrower used calendar year 2019 figures to determine its second draw PPP loan amount instead of the calendar year 2020, and if the lender for the applicant's second draw PPP loan is the same lender that made the applicant's first draw loan. Um, however, for loans that are in a principal amount greater than $150,000, the applicant must also submit documentation adequate to establish that the applicant experienced a revenue reduction of 25% or greater in 2020 relative to the same quarter as 2019. So I'm also hearing um, that there are certain certifications about business activities that the borrowers must make now. Can you explain what that's all about? Uh, definitely. Uh, there was a certification that was required in the first draw application, and that certification is also included in the second draw application. However, second draw applications require some additional certifications, including that the borrower has not and will not receive another second draw PPP loan. So you're only limited to one PPP second draw loan that the borrower has realized a reduction in gross receipts in excess of 25% in 2020 compared to the same quarter of 2019. And it is not a business concern or entity that's created or organized under the laws of China or Hong Kong. Additionally, uh, small businesses that are engaged in lobbying are not permitted to receive second draw loans and the uh, borrower must certify that their business is not engaged in lobbying. So the second draw loan forgiveness, how does that work? So uh, what's interesting about the second draw is it expands what is determined to be forgivable non-payroll costs. Those now include costs for worker protection expenditures, such as PPE, uh, costs for software, cloud computing, human resources, accounting needs, any type of business administration issues that had to be addressed due to COVID. For example, many businesses have employees that are now working from home, so businesses had to adjust uh, their infrastructure accordingly. Uh, costs not covered by insurance due to property damage or vandalism caused by public disturbances in 2020 is also a forgivable non-payable cost. And then supplier costs, which are essential to the borrower's operations, for example, if a restaurant purchased uh, perishable goods, those are essential supplies. Those are also now considered forgivable non-payroll costs. And so from a timing perspective, what are we talking about in terms of uh, when the program is open and people should act by? Yeah, the uh, program is open now, and it, close, it closes on March 31st. So it's coming up fast. So if... A borrower is interested in applying for a second draw PPP loan or even a first draw PPP loan. It needs to get its application in prior to March 31st of 2021. I know there's been some special concern for specific groups like minority-owned businesses. Can you explain how uh, that fits in with uh, what the government's doing with the PPP? Absolutely. The SBA and the government is making a very concerted effort to make PPP funds available for smaller businesses, uh, minority-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses, women-owned businesses, businesses that are located within moder moderate income or lower income communities. And how they're doing that, there's a lot of ways they are doing that. But for example, they are making $35 billion available for new first-draw PPP borrowers. And those funds are being specifically earmarked for the minority-owned businesses. 
And 15 and $25 billion are available for first and second draw PPP loans, respectively, for borrowers with a maximum of 10 employees or less. Um, so they are earmarking funds to make sure they fall into the hands of the smallest businesses which need uh, the assistance the most. So it sounds like there's lots of documentation and constantly changing uh, rules and regs. So let's talk about some resources listeners can go to to get some more information. If you just go to the U.S. Treasury Department website, right at the front page, you'll see a small business relief. You click on that and there's a wealth of information and there's a lot of updates that are coming out. Um, there's new application forms that have come out within the last week. Uh, for example, there's now a one-page forgiveness application for loans um, that are $150,000 or less. That's Form 3508S. We don't need to get into the form names, but that certainly simplifies the process for obtaining loan forgiveness for businesses uh, that are receiving loans less than $150,000. So one of the forms that I'm hearing a lot of chatter about is uh, the loan necessity questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Where borrowers have to, you know, quote unquote, prove that they truly needed these funds to survive. Mm-hmm. What, what can you tell us about that? Uh, Sure. So the loan necessity questionnaire will be issued to all borrowers who receive loans of $2 million or more. So if you received a loan that's less than $2 million, you don't need to worry about this questionnaire. But for those borrowers who have received loans of more than $2 million, um, the SBA will be issuing a form for you to complete, and it must be returned within 10 days of the borrower's receipt of the form from their lender. Uh, It's causing a lot of angst because the questions are directed at explanations and documentation proving your business operations, um, how you use the funds, did you genuinely need the funds, how were the funds used, were the funds used to make capital distributions, were the funds used to uh, perhaps pay off some pre-existing debt that would not be covered by the forgiveness uh, qualifications. However, uh, the SBA did clarify in response to the angst that this questionnaire is causing, they clarified in one of their FAQs that a request to complete the questionnaire does not mean that the SBA is challenging a borrower's certification. And they will be, they being the SBA, will be uh, reviewing and assessing the borrower certification based on the totality of the borrower's circumstances through a multi-factor analysis. And what they really are trying to get at, they being the SBA, they just want to ensure that PPP loan recipients um, made their good faith certifications at the time of the loan application. So even if subsequent developments result in the loan no longer being necessary, or perhaps um, the business did not experience the Uh, losses that it anticipated if at the time that the loan was made, uh, the certification for the necessity of loan was made in good faith, that will satisfy the SBA certification requirements. So have you got any tips for our listeners as to how to complete this questionnaire? Uh, Sure. So there's over 29,000 borrowers that will be asked to complete this questionnaire. That's a lot. Um, So it's going to be an endeavor for the SBA to be reviewing each of these questionnaires. So my recommendation is make it as easy as possible for the reviewer to stamp his or her approval. Gather your facts, get all your documentation to support uh, your answers, present all of your facts, tell your story. Uh, There's an optional section that's included on the questionnaire. There's a thousand character max 
um, that you have to tell your story, but fill that out. Even if you don't think you need to fill that out, provide as much information as possible. Provide as much detail as possible. You can include certain things such as what level of cash reserves was sufficient to support the ongoing business operations. What factors were present to allow a business to accurately predict revenues? Just basically tell the story so that the individual at the SBA who's reviewing your um, questionnaire, it's very easy for them to stamp their approval and move on. That's great advice. So last question really is uh, we always have to deal with the, tr- the dreaded tax consequences of this kind of thing. So uh, anything we should be aware of there? Uh, yes, the IRS recently came out with some clarifications that the borrower may deduct ordinary necess- business expenses made with their PPP loan proceeds, and that employers can claim the ERC employee retention credit on any qualified wages that aren't counted as payable costs in obtaining PPP loan forgiveness. So any wages that could count towards eligibility for the ERC or PPP loan forgiveness can be applied to either of those two programs, but not both. You just can't double dip. Um, So that uh, was a very helpful uh, clarification that has been issued by the IRS, and I anticipate additional IRS clarifications will be forthcoming. That's great to hear. So as part of our podcast series, what we're trying to do is uh, have our listeners take away two or three really important points as takeaway points. So can you sum up uh, two or three points for us before we leave today? Certainly. Uh, The SBA, the IRS, the Treasury Department, the government, they're continuing to regularly disseminate information and clarifications. It's on a regular basis. So be sure to be monitoring updates. Just be aware that things are constantly changing. They're constantly moving. I don't anticipate that the changes will be as fast and numerous as we experienced within the last nine months, but still be aware and be aware of all updates. Keep in mind the March 31st, 2021 deadline to get your application in for either first or second draw PPP funds. Um, Don't assume anything when you're completing any of the forms, any of the documentations in any step of the process. Your words matter. Review what you're signing. Make sure that you are providing ample documentation, sufficient facts to support your positions, and that your information is correct. It doesn't mean that mistakes can't be made, but make sure everything is as clear and clean as possible. Okay, great. Melissa, thanks for your time today. And to recap the three takeaways from today's discussion, the landscape is changing daily as the government is constantly coming out with clarifications and additional information. So be aware of those in the March 31 deadline. Second, there are big differences between being a first draw borrower and a second draw borrower. So know which one you are and know the rules. And third, understand what you're signing in terms of certifications and questionnaires and get professional help in getting those completed. And we will be posting links to some of the resources Melissa mentioned today up on our website. Again, thanks, Melissa, and enjoy the next horse ride once it warms up. Great. Thank you very much. So that wraps up another episode of Shoveling Smoke. Shoveling Smoke is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Our producer and audio engineer is Sean Rule Hoffman. Thanks for listening. <laughs>